Okay, Tzoraim Tov, everybody. We continue in the Sefer Sh'arim B'Tzvilah. And we now are on the fifth expression of prayer. And now we shift gears. The first four expressions were all different types of expressions indicating the pain we're in, the suffering we're in, or to realize that we are in dangerous situations, crying out. Now there's a form of prayer that is totally different. In Hebrew, it's called rina, resh, yud, nun, hey. Now, we're going to explain what it means in a second. The source of this is the prophecy of Jeremiah chapter 7, where Hashem is basically telling the prophet to say to the Jews, I'm not happy with you. Don't think you could not keep my Torah and then come to the base of Mingdash and bring korbonos and I'll take your korbonos and I'll let you get away with everything. That's the general theme of that prophecy. So then he says to Yermiel himself, he's going to tell him the following. And because of that, he says, chapter 7, and therefore you do not pray for the people. You know why? Because I'm not going to answer. But he adds, and don't raise your voice for them with rina utvila. Do not raise your voice. That's the word rina and tvila. What is rina? Rina is a prayer of praise and thanksgiving to Hashem. Okay. Even though rina can also mean like to uh, sing. Gila, Rina, like happiness, it's what you have in the Sheva Brachas. Gila, Rina, Ditsa. So Rina is a happy term. But really, Rina is praise and thanksgiving to Hashem. And that's what the Medrash in Ve'eschanon says as well. Um, you can have a person who comes and Tells Hashem what he needs, and he's, and that's all he says. And maybe that's all you got to do. All you got to do is ask for Hashem what I want. That's my prayer. But the measure says, but King Solomon says a different passage. We go to places. Hashem comes lishmola to hear el harina Hashem comes to hear arena and our prayer. That's when we're good people. In the prophecy of Jeremiah, it says, I'm not going to listen to your Rina and your tefillah. So the man says, what is that? Rina is praises to Hashem, and tefillah is asking Hashem what you want. That is the Medrash. What do we see from the Medrash and the Gemara Brothers? That you have to preface Rina before tefillah. You have to preface praises of Hashem before you make requests of Hashem. And that's Gmar Brachos. Says the same thing. Person should always arrange his prayers before Hashem. Say the praises before Hashem. And then pray. And then make your requests. And that's why the Anshik Tesegadola started with the three first Brachos, which are arranging uh, praises before we get to the requests. That's the way you have to do it. The Rambam rules of Hilchas Tefillah that this arrangement seems to be critical. Uh, 
Okay? And he says, and because remember, if you want to fulfill the biblical requirement, we see that this arena is important. The Rambam says, it's a positive mitzvah to pray to Hashem every day. Because it says, you will serve Hashem your God. And the rabbi tells us, this service is service of prayer. And he brings proofs to that. Then the next halach, he says, the obligation of this mitzvah is that a person should supplicate and pray every day. And now he adds, and relate the praises of Hashem and then afterwards request your needs. And then afterwards, thank Hashem for the time you got to do that. So what do we see from this? Part of the mitzvah, the biblical mitzvah of prayer, Koyin Rambam, starts off with Rina, saying his praises before it. Okay. So, the question is, it seems from the way the Rambam writes this, that if we say arranging your praises of Hashem is an integral part of the prayer process, Rambam is saying prayer is biblical, and this is how you do the mitzvah. He doesn't just say you ask Hashem. He's prefaced. You've got to praise Hashem. Okay. So let's think about this. What does it mean in terms of Listen, you want, this prayer is called avodas Hashem, service of Hashem. That's what we're saying, ain't avoda elatvila. So we're calling prayer avoda, which literally means work. And if you want to fulfill this work of prayer, the way you fulfill it is not just by asking, but by praising Hashem first. So you got to understand that when we talk about avoda, we're not talking about like back-breaking uh, work with uh, carrying bricks and things like that. But it means, as we say, it should serve your Lord. And which means, you know, you, you pray to him and you serve Hashem out of an appreciation and nullification of yourself before Hashem. And this is similar. There's another thing called avoda, Avodas Korbanos. The work of the Karbanos. Very easy. You go to a coin, you bring your animal. It's an avoda. It's called an avoda. Just like prayer is called an avoda, bringing a korban is an avoda. So, and the avoda can only be done by a high priest. The parts that are not avoda do not have to be done by a high priest. So let's ask a question. We're talking about bringing an animal offering. Is the slaughtering of the animal part of the avoda? You would think, yes, because you've got to slaughter the animal. But the truth is, it's not part of the avoda. Why? Because <clears throat> shkita, the sacrifice, a Yisrael can do the shkita. When does the avoda begin? It begins when now we're going to receive the blood, take the blood to the Mizpeach, sprinkle the blood on the Mizpeach, burn the animal. That's the avoda. So it comes out that shkita... The actual slaughtering is not an avoda. It doesn't have to be by a coin. You don't need a coin wearing the clothes of a coin. So what is this part of, so what does avoda really mean? It seems that this shita is not the avoda because avoda, we'll see in a minute, 
means to stand in service before God. That's what a definition of avodas, uh, a Jew, avodas Hashem, doesn't mean hard work. It means standing in service of God. And therefore, the korban being sacrificed isn't standing before God, but it just prepares the animal for the avodah. You can't take a live animal and, and, and give him to God. You have to first slaughter the animal. Once you slaughter the animal, now we can begin the avoda. The avoda is getting the blood to go into a, a, a service vessel, taking the blood and bringing it to the Mizbeah, sprinkling the blood on the Mizbeah. Once the animal is slaughtered, the slaughtering is the preparation for the avoda. All right, so that's a critical point. Avoda means you are standing in service before Hashem that you recognize is our God and you nullify yourself before Hashem. The best marshal I could give to this is the old-fashioned idea of the English butler, the manservant. <clears throat> and, you know, the only thing that reminds of that is that TV show of like 50 years ago, Mr. French, who was the English butler. No, it's not just a butler. It's like, he's like the guy's personal servant. And the respect they have. It's like, it's the greatest honor for me to serve someone else. Or if you want to think of a knight in King Arthur's court, it's not that he does hard work, but he, he's, he, he, he's there to serve at the pleasure of the king. That's a, a vodas Hashem. Is to recognize who are you serving? You're not serving a, a, a southern slave owner. You are serving the king of the world. Okay? And to realize what kind of honor it is to serve the king of the world. And avoda means service before Hashem. I'm directly serving the greatest entity in the world. And therefore, it's not possible that prayer, just like you can't do service of a korban without slaughtering the korban first. Till it's slaughtered, you can't understand it. So... The prerequisite to our service of prayer comes with praise. If we don't praise, then who are we serving? If we start with a praise, Hashem, you are Hakel, Hagadol, Hagibor, Vanorah, Hashem, you are in charge of the whole world. You bring energies of Chesed, you bring energies of Gvura, you bring energies of Tiferes into the world. And you're reflecting how great Hashem is. And from that perspective, you now serve Hashem. So you see how the korban and prayer is similar. Korban is a service of action, and prayer is a service of the heart. Now when you bring a korban, it's obvious that it's unique. You're only bringing the korban to Hashem. Think about this. Can you give a korban to a person? No. <laughs> I'm going to take an animal, I'm going to slaughter it, and, this, and I'm going to give you the animal. 
Right? I love you so much. Right? Or, you know, he's going to, uh, you know, give him lots of money. Well, if you're really doing that as a Corbin, you're really turning your friend into an Avodah Zara because you're ascribing divinity to him. A Corbin is, I'm giving something to a divine being. And when you're giving something to show your service to the divine being, what's required with a Corbin? You spill blood. So what are we saying when we take the animal and slaughter it? It shows that we're prepared to give up our lives for Hashem. We're prepared to burn and die for Hashem. That's not something that's between man and man. You're not supposed to spill blood over another person, right? Because we know everywhere your life comes from somebody else. If someone's life in danger, you don't put your life in danger before him. You have to take care of yourself first, except with Hashem. And that's the simple meaning of a Corbin. It's an expression of love and fear and dedication that you will nullify yourself to the point of willing to have your blood spilled. And therefore, before you can do the Avodah, you got to know who you're doing the Avodah to. Is it to an idol? Is it to money? Who are you serving? So we start with the praises. Well, we start with the slaughtering. We slaughter the animal. We're willing to have it spill blood. And you have to have a mind that it's to Hashem. Okay? That's what we're doing in the base. Hamidah. So that's what Hashem was telling you. I don't want their Korbanos because they're not giving it to me. It's not to me. Because if they gave it to me, they'd listen to what I'm saying. Do you see the hypocrisy? Ooh, I'm bringing you a Corbin God. Why? Well, for atonement for my sins. But you don't even agree with what I say to do. What, what an insult this is. Therefore, when we talk about prayer, it's the same way. Someone who recognizes in his heart how great and loving Hashem is, and therefore you want to surrender yourself before Hashem to whatever talents that you have, to a being that is infinite, and that everything you have is only because of Hashem, so now you're going to surrender yourself and be mavatal and nullify yourself before Hashem. And now when you're at that stage, now you can ask for yourself what you're missing and recognizing the kindness, the infinite kindness of Hashem, that He can give you what you need. And you confess and you raise up in greatness and glorify Hashem with the total surrendering to Hashem. So this is the critical part of Rina. <clears throat> Rina has to be, brings out our understanding of who we are talking to and who we are about to serve. It puts us in a position of service. Now Pinka says the following Kiddush. Let's say you just make a request from Hashem. Let's say very simple. You're in trouble. You don't know what to do. You open up your mouth and you know, listen, I, I know I know Hashem's the only one who could really help me. So you just go straight and ask for the request. Just like a poor man goes to a rich man and asks him for money. Or a sick person goes to a doctor and asks for aid. And not to say their virtues. Right? So, if 
you just say, Hashem, please heal me. That's it. Would you say that the person said a prayer or not? Yes. He did say a prayer, but he was, but it wasn't a prayer of avoda, of service. Because avoda means that you're serving the one who has divinity and is great. Now, you didn't say that. So yet, it's still a tefillah, because whenever he asks anything from Hashem, it's a tefillah. Even if he doesn't recognize how great Hashem is. Right? And if he doesn't realize how you're serving the great Hashem, but it's still a tefillah, but it's not an avoda, it's not a service. That, that a tefillah that comes out from a biblical obligation, that is avoda. But if you don't recognize God's greatness, then it's not considered avoda. Therefore, it's so important to first arrange the praises of Hashem and afterwards pray. Only after you establish for yourself, before you pray, that I'm standing before God and you're establishing in your heart who and what is the powers of God. And it's not just to a power that can do things, but rather he is attributing to himself the way he understands who God is, and now he makes his request. That is a voda and a correct biblical prayer. That's the idea of a voda. A voda means you're serving the greatest entity around. I'm in his close proximity, and I'm serving him. And to to be able to really put yourself in the position where what you're doing is avoda that can only happen after you praise Hashem. <clears throat> because otherwise, if you don't realize that it's Hashem who you're talking to, then you're not really serving Hashem. Maybe you're serving yourself. Now, of course, it's a service of Hashem because Hashem wants to give us. And the way he set up the system is if we ask from Hashem, knowing he's the only power, then that's our service to Hashem. And then Hashem gives us an answer because he feels so close to us and he wants to do that. Okay, so this is what Rina is. Rina is just saying how amazing Hashem is. And that's why you got to be really careful with the first three blessings of the Shimon Esri because that is the Rina of Tvila. If you skip that and go just to the middle part, just go for your requests, then we're not really talking about Avodah Hashem. We're not talking about the biblical mitzvah. It's just you're asking Hashem to help you. Okay, just like you ask anybody else. <clears throat> Marshall, I say, Marshall, will you help me out? Did I do a mitzvah by asking you to help me out? Now, you could do a mitzvah by helping me, but when I asked you, did I do a mitzvah? No. If I just say, Hashem, help me out, is that a mitzvah? But if I know that I'm not just talking to Hashem like I'm speaking to Marshall. I'm speaking to the greatest entity in the world. And the greatest entity in the world wants to give me all the good things in the world. It's predicated though on me acknowledging it comes from Hashem. So this is my avoda of getting close to Hashem. 
So now you got to understand, that's why if I'm doing what Hashem, I have to praise Him. So now it changes my simple request into an avodas Hashem. Now, if that's the case, now something else has to happen. One of the esodas of avodas Hashem is being joyful. Simcha. It says in Tehillim, Evdu es Hashem Simcha, serve Hashem with joy. In the tragedies that the Torah relates, it says, because you didn't serve Hashem with joy, you suffered. So therefore, we see that, number one, the Simcha is the foundation to make your avoda an avoda. And you need to arouse simcha when you serve Hashem. Right. When you serve Hashem, it should be with joy. Because, listen, what a privilege I have to serve Hashem. It's like amazing. But he says it's also a sign if you have joy. It's a sign that you are doing it as an avoda and not just as a request. Okay, and let's say let's say you're davening or doing anything for Hashem, a mitzvah, tefillah, and you're not happy. So what does that mean? Okay, I'll do it. Okay, I'll daven. I don't want to. I'll daven. I don't want to give it. I'll 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 give it. We're not going to deny you didn't pray to God. We're not going to deny that you didn't give tzedakah. But avoda, it wasn't avoda. You're not involved in avoda. Because if if because if avoda means serving the God that you know who this God is, you really understand who Hashem is. It's not you know you know as opposed to let's say uh, you have these chat rooms and people have these uh, names you never saw the person or know the person is but you're just talking to them, chatting with them. They have a false identity. You're not really connecting. But when you're serving Hashem, you understand who and what Hashem is. He's amazing. He's great. He's all powerful. He loves us. He's this and that. He can do everything. And, and, and so now, and now I'm doing something in service of that should bring out joy. So if I'm, it's not just a halacha, you have to do it to simcha. But if you are having simcha, it's a sign that you are really engaged in avoda. And if you're not happy, you're going through the motions, but you're not engaged in avoda. Because if you're not happy, you don't know when who you're really serving. Okay. Let's say, let's say a person is in the street and he has a bag. The bag is filled with gold. Okay. So he's walking with this bag of gold. And he's just fetching and complaining. <clears throat> oh, it's just so heavy. Oh, what a burden. What a burden. <laughs> what does that tell us? He doesn't know there's gold in that bag. He thinks it's rocks. Because if he knew it was gold, no matter how heavy it is, he'd be happy. Look how much money I have. That's the famous story, the famous marshal of the Dubna Magid. This guy comes into town on a stagecoach, a few people there. 
comes to the hotel, he checks in, and he tells the bellboy to bring up his bags. So the bellboy takes a while. He finally comes up. He's sweating. He just says, boy, oh, boy, what have you got in this bag? Rocks? This is so heavy. He says, that's not my bag. So what do you mean? I know it's not your bag. Because I'm a diamond dealer. My bag, bags are very light. If you think it's heavy, that's not my bag. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says like this, you're trying to work for God? If you're saying the job is heavy, that's not the work that Hashem gives us. Hashem does not give us work, service, that we feel is a burden. If you feel it's a burden, that's not God's Torah. What do we say? The ways of Hashem are pleasant. Doing, a man, a, a, doing something for God is pleasant. It's a pleasure. Say, oh, I got to do this. It's so, oh, man, the davening so long. Oh, it's a Thursday. We got to say all the extra tachanuns. And, and it's a fast day. We got to say slichas and this and that. Oh, what a burden we get out of here. Then you know what? You're not serving God. Because if you were serving God, you'd be happy. If, if you know you have diamonds, diamonds are not heavy. It's interesting. You could, uh, there are certain people that wear jewelry that's pretty heavy. You know? And other people wear um, handcuffs. <laughs> not as heavy. Which one is the burden? The handcuffs. That's so light, it's a burden. But you're carrying a, a, a diamond that's like 10 carats. It looks a little bit heavy. You don't feel that. It's because you're so happy with what you have. So this is the assault. There's an aspect of prayer that's to be at all times. Every time we pray, no matter what the prayer is, it could be a prayer <laughs> of, uh, of, of, of Shava. It can be a prayer of beats or where your mom is praying and life is difficult. But it's got to always start with praises of Hashem. To realize, you know what? I'm serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, no matter what I'm feeling and I'm feeling distraught, I'm feeling hysterical. But I got to realize this is all part of Avodah Hashem. And therefore there's got to be a certain joy in that which I am doing. Okay. And, and, and he adds, he says, um, because if, if real avoda means you're, you're singing to Hashem, you're praising Hashem, if you don't know who Hashem is, then you say, what a pain in the neck. I got to do it. But what, but what do you mean? You're serving a Kodesh Baruch. He says, this avoda is not like action mitzvahs, like lulav. So you got a lulav in your hand. This is no... This is an and uh, and but here it's uh, and even that a little should be happy with that. Okay, but here the avoda has all to do with the excitement and the enthusiasm, because if you don't have that, then you're not really serving Hakadosh Now he makes a footnote over here. He says this is a big fundamental point that we should uh, reflect on. There's a lot of names we use to reflect God's greatness. 
even though they don't really define Hashem. Whenever we say to describe Hashem, is it really describing Hashem? You can't. God is infinite. He's beyond description. He, he's, he's non-corporeal. So when we praise Hashem and use terms, are we using these terms to show the value of Hashem? That's not possible because King David says in Psalm 65, he says, L'cha of you Hashem, silence is praise. Why? Because whatever you say about Hashem is, is going to be less than what he is. Oh, Hashem, you're like a million dollars in gold. What do you mean? That's it? Hashem's infinite. So if you really want to praise Hashem, you're better off being quiet because whatever you're going to say is going to be a downgrade. So what are all these names that we talk about? <coughs> it's not discussing for our purpose the greatness of Hashem, but it's telling <coughs> us the nature of Hashem to do good and kindness that He does for us. Hashem, you're great to us. You give us, if you're kind to us, is from our perspective, not in our defining Hashem, but in us saying, Hashem, you're the one giving us, and we appreciate how much you're doing for us, and those are the praises that we're using. <clears throat> All the songs and the praises, everything in Sefer Tehillim. It's not there to just say how great Hashem, but to show how great is what he gives to us. His actions, what he does. We're not defining who he is, but what he does for us. And therefore, the main avoda is to really reflect on how great Hashem is. Okay. And what we're hoping is that all the beautiful shefa, the flow, is going to come to us. So how could there not be joy? Okay? So it, there has to be joy. The first fundamental point of any avoda is so you're standing before Hashem. And if you don't have that, you're not doing any avoda at all. And you have to be nullified to Hashem. If you know this truth, that it's about all the goods that are coming, then you know, wow, there's so much to be happy about because the God who loves me and gives me is going to continually be doing this and I'm connected to all that. And a person may want to think, wait a minute, maybe I'm I'm far away from Hashem. Maybe there's a, a big wall between me and Hashem. And uh, maybe it's for everybody else and not for me. You can't say that because that, because, in other words, you can't say, oh, Hashem is good to everybody but not me. Because Holavoda means I'm in God's presence where the good is all there. And there's a connection at all times. So even with all your suffering, you first can say, oh, I'm suffering. No, everybody else is fine. Oh, Hashem loves us. He doesn't love me. That's wrong. You have all these sufferings. You got to realize the simcha that you should have. And if you don't have simcha, when you have the sufferings, then you can cry out to Hashem. That's good. But if there's no inner simcha, that knowing, because you should feel the privilege that you're talking to the supreme being, then there's really no tefillah, there's no service that's happening. Okay, and when a person stands for prayer with all his sufferings and you can't see any simcha, it means you're not really serving. Go ahead. You're doing a favor for somebody. Let's say you're doing a favor for you. Okay, you ask me for something. And you have a time restraint. And then I come back to you and I say, listen, I can get it from less than what you want. 
you say forget it, I want it done now. I do it, but I did gave you more than I should have gave because I could have saved you money and money. Should I be upset with that still to me? Or no? Or am I losing and I don't have sympathy? Who should be upset? You don't want to say <laughs> you? Yeah, say it's not you. I'm using you as a target. Yeah, I understand. But so some you were you you said to me do something, I do it, and then afterwards you pulled the time for me same day. He say, sorry, Marsh, I need it done now. Yes, so now you no. can't do it as good for me as you wanted to. No, it's good, it's good, but I just spent more money. You didn't you want to wait. spent more money? Yeah, I could have saved money. I could have saved money and do less. <clears throat> so I don't understand the question. I was upset. That I didn't have to say it, right? I was there to give it. I said to him, relax. I'll do whatever you want. Whatever it costs me, I'm in. But give me a chance, I can save you money. And at the end, I could have saved money. But he didn't want to wait, he's impatient. So what does that have to do with what we're talking about? I didn't have You asked me, I did a bit. Oh! I did a simple. I was upset. I was upset. I came home. I did it. Gave the guy a check. Here, take it. In my mind. This is beautiful. Yeah, but that's fine. That's good. So you're saying, you're saying. I was upset with it. You're doing a mitzvah. You're doing a mitzvah. The person is not grateful to you. No, I don't care about grateful. Well, let's just say different things upset different people. Right. Wasn't it grateful? Like it, it, you could have helped. You could have helped me. It only would have cost you five thousand, not cost you six thousand. And you're upset. Why did? Why couldn't the guy wait? And I could do that. Right. Let's go with that. So that's the HR's way of trying to have you lose a lot of the idea. But if you're serving Hashem, what's another thousand matter? Who's gonna? Who? Who's paying for it? I'm on the four hundred two or the three eighteen. The extra thousand, where did the, where did the first five thousand come from? From Hashem? The six thousand will come from Hashem. Thank you. No. Yeah, no, okay, yeah. See, you understand? If you're not happy, that means you don't realize you're serving Hashem. And serving Hashem means he, he's doing it all. So it costs you a lot of a lot of dollar. That's why for Shalom Bayes, you have to be willing to spend extra money for Shalom Bayes. Okay, we gotta stop. They're all waiting for us. I'm gonna be in. <laughs>